Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Uh, on this episode, we welcome back the one and only uh, Lita Ford. Uh, Lita, I heard that your uh, M3 festival show was absolutely terrific. Unfortunately, stuck in Canada, I didn't get to see it. But thankfully, uh, there are more shows in uh, 2021 and 2022. So I'll, I will get to one of them eventually. But today, we are here to speak yeah. about a special, special announcement on uh, Monday, July 26th. The uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, is going to be giving you a full display in the main hall by the garage, as they call it. Uh, by the garage. The, the garage. garage. The garage. La garage, as we say in French. But uh, talk to me about this, about getting a display at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's, that's you know, that's cool. It's cool. And uh, we got a lot of great people involved, and they're all working with me and, and, uh, and doing a really nice display on, um, on my iconic guitar, the black one with the red hourglass on it that I've had since like, I think it was like 81 or something that came from. And, uh, and so it's, it's actually a duplicate of, of Maurice. Maurice is my black warlock. And so I, I, all my guitars have names. So I named it Maurice. So we're going to do a display on Maurice and uh, the girls at the, at the rock and roll hall of fame have been working with us. And there's going to be a lot of press and media and interviews and coverage and photo ops and all kinds of stuff involved. Um, my guitar player and I, Patrick Kennison will be performing a song in the garage and um, the fans are invited to come down. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Talk to me just real quick about about your relationship with BC Rich because the uh, the signature Maurice uh, is is infamous for the lack of a better word. Um, how did the uh, how did that uh, come about that you that you chose BC Rich and you chose this guitar and and the sound of it because it's, it's a great it's a great I mean it's a work of art that guitar. Yeah, it's it's just iconic, and you know those guitars are. Um, they are a lot different than the BC Riches today. There's just so many different things involved. And one of them is the wood. So those original BC Riches are very, very heavy because the wood is so dense. But when I was coming out of the Runaways, I actually didn't want to be like anybody else. I mean, I wasn't like anybody else. I wanted to be my own person and not copy somebody because they were playing a Les Paul or copy somebody because they were playing a Strat. I wanted to be Lita. And, uh, and for some reason, these Warlocks and BC Rich guitars just fit on me like my favorite pair of jeans, you know, that you pull out of your closet, like your old faithfuls. And, uh, and, and then I was able to, because the company was new back then in the 80s, I was able to create my own guitars with my own pickups and my own tremolo units and my own preamps and all the little bells and whistles, you know, that are added onto these guitars. Like the double neck is another one. And, uh, and so these guitars just became like people. They're like family members. You know, they're not like pieces of wood or guitars that you just play during a show and then you hang it up. I mean, they're really just part of 
of my everyday life. And, uh, and, and they are very different than, um, than what a lot of other musicians would play. And I wanted that. I wanted to be different. I didn't want to copy anybody. And so now here we are in 2021, and I still have these beautiful guitars, and they still sound like God when you plug them in. I mean, they're just frightening guitars. And, uh, and so now the Rock Hall of Fame is going to do a display on Maurice. And uh, presenting, you know, presenting the Rock Hall with the uh, with Maurice too, which is very so, cool. And and uh, you're you're also going to be in the uh, Ohio and and Pennsylvania area for for like seven shows around that time. So fans are going to have a chance to see you at the Rock Hall and then get out to a whole yeah. bunch of different shows, which is going to be very cool. And it's again, it's cool that we get to do shows. Um. What sort of attracted you to the guitar as 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 a youngster? You know, when you're when you're when you're young and you're thinking, "Well, what am I going to be? Am I going to be a teacher, a nurse, or this and that?" And you see, well, guitar. Um, what attracted you to that oh, instead of drums or bass or just being a singer? Yeah, you know, I, it's just in my blood. It, it's just something that I ended up doing because it, it's just in my blood. And uh, I mean, I played guitar for two years before I ever saw my first rock concert. So it wasn't like I went to a rock concert and said, Ooh, I want to do that. You know, that came later, but playing guitar was just something that came natural to me. And I, I got to think it's just like a gift from God or something, you know, because it was just like, boom, you will be a guitar player. <laughs> and I just went with it and thought, okay, I got this. I can do this. You can. You, you certainly so so you know when when you finally got to concerts and went ooh I want to do that who were some of the ones that you looked up to and said ooh, I mean was it was it like you know was it the the Scott Gormans and Phil Linus of Thin Lizzy was it Jimmy Page was it Ace Frehley who did who did you go to a concert and say yeah that's that's me that's what I want to be that's the guy yeah I know right God when I was um, thirteen or was I fourteen something like that I. I lied to my parents and I told them I was going to the mountains or something. I was going with my girlfriend to spend the night or something like that. I can't remember what I told them. Me and my girlfriend, uh, we lived, we lived in Long Beach, California. And, um, and we, we got on the freeway and we hitchhiked into Ontario motor speedway. And, um, and it was, uh, Cal Jam, Cal Jam, the California Jam Two, I think it was yeah. Cal Jam Two, where they had uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer was headlining, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, um, God, Jim Dandy, <laughs> Black Oak, Arkansas. Uh, they had all these great bands, and um, and so we hitchhiked there, which was probably about a two-hour drive from where I lived. And when we got there, we couldn't get in. We weren't old enough. We needed adult supervision. So we crawled through a hole in the fence and we got in. And next thing I know, I was right up front next to the stage, just going, Ugh, Oh, wow. This is amazing. And there were so many people, you know, you couldn't get out to go pee or go to the bathroom or anything. So people were just peeing in beer bottles and <laughs> wherever. And the I joy of festivals. 
And then uh, Richie Blackmore put the head of his Stratocaster right through the camera lens. It's like a, it's like a, um, a historical memory, memory that Blackmore did that when you look back at these. At these festivals, yeah. This is Cal Jam 1, by the way. I'm looking at the lineup. So this is uh, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Emerson Lake and Palmer, Black Oak, Arkansas. Who else? The Eagles are on that, too. Holy Christ. Yeah, Rare Earth. Rare Earth. Rare Earth, Wind and Fire, Seals and Croft. That's that's not a bad first show, I gotta say. Holy mackerel. It was like 250,000 people or something crazy like that. Yeah, that's what it says. I mean, it you says, can see uh, why... It says the attendance was 250,000 uh, 250, tickets sold. Wow. Wow. That makes the hair on my arm stand up to hear that. And it says the and price of tickets was ass. 10 bucks. 10 bucks. 10 wow. bucks to see Black Oak, Arkansas, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple. Wow. Those were the days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and Emerson Lake and Palmer, man. And uh, Keith Emerson, man, he was so badass. Uh, they, they, they were they were just amazing but see that's what I grew up on and uh, that's the kind of stuff I grew up on and um, and then my other real first concert <clears throat> at an arena was Black Sabbath when I was 13 I went and saw Black Sabbath Ozzy was the lead singer and it's just really ironic you know that later on in my life I become having yeah. a, a engaged to Tony Iommi yeah. and then having a top 10 duet uh top 10 hit single in America, a duet with Ozzy. So it's just like, wow, very, very cool and meant to be, you know, just boom. Like God said, you will be leader. <laughs> like, yeah, I can do this. I got this. Can, can, let me ask you just real, let me ask you this just real quick here, because when I was a kid and I watched, you know, Kiss and I watched this and I watched Lita Ford on Much Music doing Kiss Me Deadly and I thought, Wow, this is fantastic. And then, you know, now I got to meet you and I got to speak to you and I got to interview Kiss and I got to, and and I get a thrill like, oh my God, I came from, you know, being a 12 year old to here I am talking to these people. Um, when you're sitting there seeing Sabbath and, and then you're doing a duet with Ozzy, close my eyes forever. And it's not just a duet. It is one of the best rock duets ever and I don't care if it's male, female vocalist, or female, female, or male, just duet. It's one of the greatest duets ever. You you hear, look, you can't see me, but I'm actually getting goosebumps on my arms as I talk about it because that song is just so impactful. Look at that. It's crazy. I got these giant <laughs> goosebumps on my arm. Um, you know, I know the thrill for me when I'm like to talking to you now is a thrill because I remember sitting in my living room watching Kiss Me Deadly going, and I bought the album right away, ran out to uh, the A&A or the uh, Discus or whatever it was, bought the CD right away. What was that like walking into that room and going, I am fucking laying down a vocal with Ozzy fucking Osbourne? <laughs> like, do you get chills? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just never really thought about it. And I never really... Like, I'm not one of these people like, oh, can I have your autograph? I mean, I, it just, if I would have had autographs of everybody that I've met in my life, I, I could yeah. probably have my own library. But I, I was just never really one of those. I just felt like I was always just meant to be there at that time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, a lot of us love Ozzy. And, um, but I mean, it, it was a different situation. And, uh, 
back then with, with him and I filming and recording that. And we did sing it face to face. Producer Mike Chapman put a, uh, a plexiglass um, sheet of plexiglass in between us. So we could see each other while we were singing it, but he was still able to isolate the vocal tracks. So it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it yeah. was just, uh, I don't know. And he was the number one male rock vocalist in the United States at the time, mm-hmm. or even in the rock world. I don't even know about the, the United States. Yep. And I was number one female rock vocalist. So Sharon Osbourne just was like, well, let's put you together. Hey, listen, so. it's a great decision because that song... Listen, when, when you look back at the, at the catalog of songs, you must have these great ones, and I don't know which ones affect you the way they affect me, but you, you think Kiss Me Deadly. You think you think Close My Eyes Forever, and I could list a bunch of other, and you just go, man, that's that's just, that's that's top shelf there. That is that is some of the greatest rock music ever created. So, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You know. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, so let me let me just re- re- here before we wrap up here because we're just doing this. Let me remind the folks that it is a July twenty sixth at the uh, Cleveland or at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you will be there with uh, Patrick Kennison to uh, perform and have the uh, the BC uh, well the um, uh, what what do you call it the Maurice uh, the BC Rich uh, work there on display. And it says here, uh, fans who are in Cleveland are invited to come down to the Rock Hall for the presentation ceremony. The Rock Hall opens at 10 a.m. and admission is 28 bucks. And that is going to be 28 bucks well spent to see Lita perform. God, it was cheaper to go to Cal Jam. I know, it was 10 bucks. And you got to see David Coverdale with Glenn Hughes (laughs) performing for Deep Purple. I mean, oh, yeah, man. What a concert. Yeah, I know it, right? <laughs> you got Coverdale, Ozzy, Blackmore, and the Eagles for ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't even pay. You crawled under the fence. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> I know, uh, I know, right? Isn't uh, that cool? I was such a devious little girl. Yeah, well, hey, I still am a devious little girl. Yeah, hey, why not? It's the way to do it. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Uh, if I, yes, come but, down to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and see us. And um, and just you know, just be a part of it. It's going to be a cool event, sure. and uh, just come down and just be a part of it. Yeah, be a part of it, and a display. Uh, and hopefully, one day they will induct me. I hope and pray. Yeah, I so I hope so too. And 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 I hope and pray that the border opens so I can actually come down and see some of this stuff. But uh, I know it. Who knows? Uh, anyway, folks, uh, leadafordonline.com is where you get. All the information about Lita, a beautiful site, and of course, I, I always ramble on about how great the uh, merch store there is, but uh, head over and check that out too, and Lita, as we say in Montreal, toujours un plaisir, always a pleasure, merci, thank oh, you. Thank you so much.